0: New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com snapped or text SNAP to 500, 500. That's audible.com snapped or text SNAP to 500, 500
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. You hear that? That's the sound of another sale with Shopify, your go-to for selling everywhere, online, in-store, and even on social media. Shopify POS is like the central hub for your retail operation. From payments to inventory, it's all there. Got different gadgets? No worries. Shopify's hardware is adaptable, fitting in just how you do business. Start transforming your retail business with an incredible offer. A trial for just $1 per month at shopify.com Wondery, all lowercase. That's shopify.com Wondery. Take the leap and upgrade your point of sale solution with Shopify. Visit shopify.com Wondery and start your trial today.
0: Hi, Snap listeners. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for a sneak peek at Oxygen's new Snap Notorious special, The Girl in the Box, airing this Saturday, July 17th at 9, 8 central, only on Oxygen.
2: She was a loving single mother looking
3: forward to her golden years.
4: A very social person with the neighborhood.
3: She never locked her door. Everybody who knew her loved her. She was just such a
2: blessing, such a bright spot in our lives. But on February 1st, 2017, this pillar of the neighborhood meets an unexpected end.
5: They were trying to give him instructions how to give CPR. You could hear a female voice in the background crying.
2: I
1: learned that she had had extensive medical history, that she was not healthy. She ended up on the
4: floor next to the bed with the pill bottles all over the floor. She was very, very affected by her daughter now living with her, and she was heartbroken.
2: Did heartbreak push her over the edge? Or had this beloved single mother put her trust in the wrong person? He was controlling. He had to control
6: and see where she was every minute and what she was doing. She made it very clear that
3: she was in a rush. She couldn't stay long because she was scared of his violent tendencies. You have to promise me, if something effed up ever happens to me, promise me you're going to go to the police. Honestly, me, I should have caught that one right there. I should have stopped it right from New York.
2: In Ontario, New York, the Orchard Grove Village Mobile Home Park is mostly a quiet, tight knit community.
5: It's basically a rural area up by the lake. It's a trailer park, it's a small uh, community. You know, everybody's gonna know everybody.
2: At 9.45 p.m. on February 1st, 2017, 62-year-old Susan Morton and her family and friends are chatting outside her trailer when they notice something alarming.
7: Ryan, my nephew that lives with me, He looks down the road and he goes, oh my God, there's a million cop cars down there. He goes, I think there are Julie's. 52-year-old Julie
2: Martin is a resident of the community and Susan Morton's younger sister.
7: So they ran down there, and and Janet, my other sister.
2: Julie's daughter, 21-year-old Jasmine Harley, and her boyfriend, 21-year-old Knowledge Cowser are already on the scene.
4: Her house was surrounded by crime tape, and there was police all over.
7: Jasmine was screaming and crying, saying her mother's gone. She was dead, and I just lost it. Everybody was in shock. I mean, they just couldn't believe it.
2: Julie Neal was born in Rochester, New York in 1964. With a warm personality and a talent for
7: styling hair, Julie grew up dreaming of being a hairdresser. She did everybody's hair. She never charged anybody. Everybody loved her. She just was a good person.
4: She was never in a bad mood. She was just always happy to talk to people ask how their day was. You don't meet a lot of people like that.
2: After high school, Julie's dreams came true, but she quickly discovered that it wasn't easy to make a living cutting hair. So when she turned 25, Julie applied for a more traditional job at the Xerox factory in
7: Ontario, New York. She uh, drove forklift, she was a packer parts, everything, you know? She loved it. She was a hard worker, and everybody loved her. Julie just always had
3: a smile on her face. She's funny. She's a lot of fun to be around. Every
2: time you saw Julie, she'd greet you with a, hey, baby. Although Julie loved her job, by the time she entered her 30s, she still felt something
7: was missing. She told me at one point that if she wasn't married, or had children, by the time she was 30, she was gonna be a mother. She wanted to have a
2: child. That dream began to show promise when she laid eyes on a local factory worker named Frederick Harley. It
8: was in 1995, Frederick had came home and he said to me, Mommy, I said, what? I met this girl, her name's Julie Neal.
2: Despite their very different backgrounds, the two quickly fell in love. Soon, Julie discovered she was pregnant. In June of 1995, the couple welcomed their daughter, Jasmine Harley, into the world. She had jazz and that night she
8: called me and I peeked over there and I'm like, oh my God, look at her, she's so pretty. She was a good looking
7: baby, better than mine. (laughs)
2: Although Jasmine was adored by her family, the bouncing baby wasn't enough to hold her parents' relationship together. It was like an off-and-on,
8: off-and-on situation until he just said enough was
2: enough, and he didn't try to go back. After Frederick left, Julie continued to work at Xerox. During the week, she left Jasmine in the care of her doting grandmother, Ruby. And on the weekends, Julie devoted herself to her only child.
4: We work a lot of overtime, and she spoiled her with every penny that she got. She dressed her to the nines, and she had everything matching.
3: Jasmine was her whole world. She always wanted to be a mom,
2: and she was just really, really happy. She had her little girl. As Jasmine grew up, she began to resemble her kind-hearted mother. She's really just like a mom. If she can do anything for you, she'll do it. Jasmine
3: would confide in Julie about things always. They had open communication.
2: In 2013, Jasmine graduated from Sotus High School in Wayne County, New York. Shortly after that, Julie and Jasmine moved to a mobile home community in Ontario, closer to Julie's job at Xerox.
4: Julie was a very social person with the
7: neighborhood. She never locked her door. Everybody called her grandma. The kids, you know, would come over and she'd give them candy and everything. They'd pull weeds for her, you know, and help her, you know. And she just treated everybody good. The neighbors loved her. While Julie approached retirement
2: at Xerox, Jasmine was just beginning her own career. Jasmine got a job at Walmart, and that girl was doing so good.
8: She was headed for the flow manager.
4: She went from being that little girl to a woman. And she wanted to have a boyfriend in her life that loved her, cared for her.
2: In 2015, 19-year-old Jasmine met fellow 19-year-old Knowledge Kouser. He has uh, multiple siblings, uh, half and whole siblings. He was raised in different homes by the time he met jasmine he was living in the nearby city of rochester soon jasmine moved out of her mom's home and into knowledge's apartment leaving julie with an empty nest julie and jasmine clearly had
6: a love for each other they were the only two in the home
4: that's when i noticed her change people would tell me that she was very very affected by her daughter not living with her she was heartbroken
2: then just before the holidays in 2016 jasmine unexpectedly lost her job
3: financially it was a lot tougher than she thought it was going to be and so she would ask julie if her boyfriend could live with them in julie's home since they couldn't afford it on their own julie loved
5: jasmine and would do pretty much anything that she needed if she wanted to leave she could leave come back she can come back she's a caring loving mother
2: But the mother and daughter's loving reunion would prove to be short-lived. On February 1st, 2017, around 10 p.m., operators in Wayne County, New York, receive a frantic phone call from Knowledge and Jasmine.
1: The boyfriend of the daughter of Julie Martin had called 911, said that he and his girlfriend, the daughter, had discovered body of their mother in the trailer
5: she was laying on the floor and appeared she was dead they were trying to give him instructions how to give cpr you could hear a female voice in the background crying
2: within minutes paramedics and deputies from the wayne county sheriff's office arrive at julie's trailer
6: when the sheriffs arrived initially on scene the bedroom that julie was found in was kind of in disarray
9: her head was toward the doorway, had her nightgown on. They had attempted CPR, and uh, that was not successful.
2: Officers then go outside to tell her only child the grim news. It's very sad. Just
3: unbelievable. You would just never have expected something like this to happen to her.
9: Jasmine was crying. Her mother was recently deceased, so there's a lot of emotions.
2: Coming up, while a family grapples with a painful loss, questions emerge about Julie Martin's final moments.
9: I was looking for defensive wounds, some sort of trauma or something, basically anything that would be unusual. There was a possibility of an overdose by pills. There were two unknown males walking around the trailer park.
2: After years of working as a single mom, 52-year-old Julie Martin was looking forward to retirement with her grown daughter, Jasmine Harley. Then on February 1, 2017, Jasmine and her boyfriend, 21-year-old Knowledge Cowser, find Julie dead in her home. While the family grieves outside, Wayne County Sheriff's investigators try to piece the scene together.
6: It was clear that she had been tipped over in a chair that she was in. She was covered in food. There was also a table that had been moved and placed on the bed.
10: She ended up on the floor next to the bed with the pill bottles all over the floor in the nightstand right next to her. And they thought that there was a possibility of an overdose by pills. They were all prescription medication.
5: In looking up some of those medications, we did see that it had to do with high blood pressure and heart conditions and what have you.
9: She obviously had some medical issues. You know, I could see some sores and bruising, scabbing, that type on the body. Possibly, you know, she'd gotten up thinking she was having a heart attack or some sort of medical problem and had fallen and just simply knocked everything over.
2: Still, investigators know that Julie is only 52 years old.
5: Nothing disturbing, but her age. She wasn't an old person,
9: you know? she wasn't known to have terminal illness not just supposed to be deceased there's got to be something there I was looking for defensive wounds some sort of trauma or something basically anything that would be unusual there was no no red flags popping out you know marks around
5: her neck you know things that we typically look for
2: detectives canvass the scene for anything else suspicious.
9: None of the windows were broke, none of the doors had been forcibly entered, nothing fresh indicating that we had just had a break-in or anything like that.
1: There wasn't really too many signs of what appeared to be a struggle or of a violent crime.
2: As Julie's body is sent for an autopsy, investigators turn to their only two witnesses, Julie's daughter, Jasmine, and her boyfriend, Knowledge.
5: When they initially gave their statements to the deputies on scene, they were separated and their stories pretty much panned out to be the same. To us, they stated they were out selling a cell phone to somebody that they had made contact through Craigslist.
2: According to Jasmine and Knowledge, they had left Julie's home just before 7 p.m. and returned a little while later at 9.45 p.m.
6: Knowledge and Jasmine didn't bring their keys with them. They left them at the house. But typically, Julie Martin always left a side door unlocked.
1: They came back in through the back door, and that's when they found
2: Julie Martin on the floor. However, Knowledge offers a chilling new detail in his statement. He said a pillow had been
6: on her and had been moved, and there were markings on the pillow that was consistent with the food that was on her face and neck.
5: And it does make us think, okay, could this potentially have been used to smother her?
9: Suspicious enough where I knew at this point, keep the case open. It wasn't just gonna be an open shut medical type deal. They definitely needed to look further into it.
2: When investigators ask the couple if there is anyone who would want to hurt Julie, both Knowledge and Jasmine come up empty.
5: What I learned about Julia is that she had many people who loved her. She had a lot of friends. She was friendly, caring, loving.
9: Nobody in the area ever had an issues with her. It seemed like she just got along with everybody. I wasn't about to push the issue um, immediately because again, uh, her mother had just deceased. It's just, you know, just you guys can go home and do what you need to do and then we can redress this later.
2: After sending Jasmine and Knowledge home with Jasmine's grandmother, investigators turn to the large group of neighbors gathering outside the police tape. Most of the neighbors are quick to tell police about Julie's health problems.
4: When I first heard the news, that's the first thing I thought about. I thought she had a heart
3: attack. They were trying different medications and to try to
2: get things under control. You know, she didn't have the best of health. One neighbor, though, recalls an incident that occurred earlier that evening. We
1: had received some initial information that there was two unknown males walking around the trailer park, and it was at the time shortly before the police had arrived.
10: We take that very seriously and followed up the information that we received from neighbors
9: with two suspicious individuals in the area. They'd gotten lost in a trailer park due to its size, and they asked for directions how to get to the church on Ridge Road. To us, with it being the size of the trailer park in Ontario, that would not have stuck out as
2: something
1: unordinary.
9: That was just information that we held on to. We didn't know that it was going to be pertinent or not.
2: Investigators hope that Julie's autopsy can shine more light on her cause of death. Within a week, investigators receive the medical examiner's results.
9: There was some heart issues where there was 90% clogging of 60% of
2: the heart. However, the medical examiner's report shows no evidence that a heart attack is what killed Julie. They weren't
5: able to determine a cause of death.
1: At the time, they didn't have an answer. It didn't appear that there was any signs of anything nefarious that had happened to her. There was no signs of struggle on her body.
2: If it wasn't heart failure, then what was responsible for Julie's death? The medical examiner knows one cause of death that can leave very few traces.
9: There are possibilities she
10: was smothered. Suffocation can be a little bit more complex. You may not see actual physical bruising or markings when somebody suffocates.
2: Although the medical examiner cannot say for certain that Julie was smothered, his autopsy report, combined with Knowledge Couser's account of finding a pillow on Julie's face, leaves detectives wondering if her death is actually a homicide.
10: When you put all the pieces of the puzzle
9: together, it did seem to be a little bit suspicious to us. There is the possibility that a struggle happened. That's what's still on the table with not eliminated.
2: When detectives receive a phone call from Julie's friend, their investigation takes a sharp turn. I called the sheriffs and told
3: them I was calling on behalf of my one of my best friends. She had made me promise to notify the police in the event if anything ever happened to her. And she wanted them to know to please investigate the daughter's boyfriend knowledge. She said, you have to promise me if something effed up ever happens to me, promise me you're going to go to the police.
2: Coming up disturbing new text messages come to light i hope you die a
3: slow painful death you fat effing pig and i hope i get to watch
2: and investigators take a risk on a new piece of technology
1: this is an instrument that's 100 accurate. i'm going to tell you whether you're lying or not at the end of this Bravo is the real housewives of New Jersey. A little
3: zap, 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 zap
5: is all new. How is Teresa handling you becoming friends with Melissa? And conflict. That's who you want to associate yourself with. Runs in the family.
6: I really don't want to answer any questions about Teresa.
8: I'm going to have to rethink this. Strap in.
6: You're a bully. Don't
8: poke
2: oh well. the bear.
1: For a bumpy ride.
2: I see your true color. You're, You're dirty. Everybody was right about you.
1: In all new, the real housewives uh-huh. of New Jersey. Every Sunday at 8 on Bravo
9: and streaming on Peacock.
2: On February 4, 2017, just three days after the death of 52-year-old Julie Martin, police in Wayne County, New York, have received a promising lead from Julie's close friend, Charlene Garnier. According to Charlene, the trouble began when Julie's only child, Jasmine Harley, had started dating Knowledge Kowser.
3: Julie didn't think he was a good person for her daughter. She was worried about the impact he was having on her life.
7: Jasmine was just a happy-go-lucky girl. And when she met Knowledge, it was like he had control, complete control over her. Everything she did, she would ask him, you know, first.
2: Friends and family say that when the couple moved in with Julie shortly before Christmas in 2016, Julie was stunned by just how much knowledge had changed her daughter?
4: She was at the age where I can do whatever I want, and she basically would say no to Julie about things where before she would never do something like that. You know, she just rebelled against her a lot.
6: Julie did not think that knowledge was the right boy I guess at that point young man to be dating her daughter but when she would confront knowledge with any of those issues he would fight with Julie and yell at Julie which would also then trigger Jasmine to fight with her mother
8: I told Julie I said if I was you I would just just let her go on out there with him change the locks on your door she was like
2: but I love Jasmine. Julie's friends say that soon, Knowledge's behavior went from disrespectful to terrifying.
3: Knowledge had sent Julie a text message, and she showed it to me. And it said, I hope you die a slow, painful death, you fat effing pig, and I hope I get to watch. When she showed me that text message, I was like, oh my god. We had
5: people calling in, telling us that these things were happening. That's a red flag to us.
2: Detectives immediately take a closer look at Knowledge and Jasmine's alibi.
9: They claim they were going to Rochester to get rid of a cell phone and Craigslist. We were unable to ever find that listing.
2: Before any new leads develop, the investigation suffers a setback. Right when
5: uh, this incident occurred, within the next few weeks, uh, the lead detective on the case, Detective Hilker, had an injury that kept him out of work for a couple of months.
2: With Detective Hilkert out of commission, the investigation slows to a crawl. I was
9: unable to do a lot of the legwork. My coworkers continued to interview family members and friends, because that information never stopped coming in.
2: In the weeks and months that follow, Jasmine and Julie's family members and friends update investigators on knowledge and Jasmine's behavior.
7: And the guy next door said, you just, you know, like Jasmine and knowledge was all of a sudden, one day they're throwing everything out of the trailer.
9: She was getting rid of what we would all consider heirlooms, and she was throwing them out on the side of the road as trash. She immediately sold the trailer online for $10,000. Jasmine had sold and got rid of
10: a lot of her mother's memorabilia and family items, and that piqued the investigator's interest into
4: this case and they took the money and just went and stayed in hotels and just they just blew the money. Her mom wasn't even gone four weeks and all this
5: was going on. It was just not normal behavior of somebody who was grieving the death
2: of their mother. After spending all of their money, Jasmine and Knowledge begin checking in on the status of the case.
9: Like once a month she would call trying to get us to close the case so that she could receive money from her mother's death.
2: According to Jasmine, she is due to inherit over $300,000 from her mother's estate. The last thing keeping
6: her from the insurance policy was this pending death certificate. So she continued to hound the Monroe County medical examiners for that.
10: The impatience, which I think she demonstrated in terms of trying to find out information about the insurance policy, and that certainly raised some red, red flags with us.
2: Does Jasmine's persistence hint at a greedy motive for murder? In April, 2017, after more than six weeks down, Detective Hilkert is cleared to return to the case. His first priority is to get Jasmine and Knowledge back into the station for an interview.
9: Once I would entertain the idea Bringing her into our office for further discussion, she would back out of the picture, especially if Nowj is in the area. He would immediately shut the conversation down. I relayed through the grandmothers I, I need to speak with Jasmine when knowledge is not around. I called her. I said, it
8: on, Where you at? And all of a sudden, she got on the phone, like, Oh my God, you again. And you. He- called me all kind of ugly names and range. You think you're gonna come and get Jazz because you ain't gonna get Jazz. Jazz ain't going nowhere till I see some.
9: Jasmine's grandmother was fearing that Jasmine might be a victim of domestic violence.
2: Knowing that Knowledge and Jasmine are eager for the case to be closed, Detective Hilkert uses Julie's insurance money as bait.
9: When they did contact me trying to get me to close the case, I refused to do so until I had a follow-up interview. So she finally relents, and we schedule an appointment for Knowledge, Cowser, and Jasmine to come in for an interview.
2: On June twentieth, two 2017, Jasmine, Knowledge, and Knowledge's grandmother, Patricia, arrive at the station.
5: Detective Hilker had made arrangements for them both to come in and get a CVSA, which is a certified
6: voice stress analysis. As far as trial and admissibility for these stress tests, they aren't admissible as a scientific technique, but it is an investigative tool for the sheriff's department to confront people. Right off the bat, I'm trying to get
5: knowledge into the interview room with me, and he did not want to do that. He was very irate to us right off the the get-go, refused to take the CVSA.
9: He immediately become highly agitated and aggressive, screaming that he ain't talking to nobody and Jasmine not talking to nobody. So I ended up walking him out of our office.
2: However, Jasmine agrees to take the test.
1: This is an instrument that's 100% accurate. I'm going to tell you whether you're lying or not at the end of this. Did you cause the death of your mother? No. Do you know who is responsible for your mother's death?
2: No. After measuring the level of stress in Jasmine's voice after each question, the detective calculates the results.
9: Jasmine Harley showed the seat on her CVSA.
5: She's not being 100% truthful, OK? She knew who killed her mother, and she clearly wasn't giving us any of that information.
2: The investigator presses Jasmine further.
5: At first, she was very polite and cooperative, and then obviously once we confront her with this deception, she became very upset.
2: Do you know who
5: caused
1: the death of your mother, Well, I believe you do.
0: I wasn't even there.
5: At that time, she still denied having any knowledge, and she just denying everything. And then she said that she was done for the day. I'm okay.
8: Okay. Yeah,
5: All right. Now we're really suspicious of these two. I think we're on the right
2: track. While detectives plan their next step, Knowledge's grandmother Patricia slips into the station.
9: Their ride happened to be his grandmother who, when they leave, she comes in with her phone.
6: Patricia made it very clear that She was in a rush. She couldn't stay long because she didn't want Knowledge to get suspicious of what she was doing because she was scared
2: of his violent tendencies. Patricia hands over her cell phone and has just enough time to tell police that there is a recording on her phone that holds the key to solving Julie Martin's murder. She told them that she had
9: talked to Knowledge about this death and she felt he was involved in it. And that was our aha moment. Like, we definitely have this here. We definitely know at this point in time, you know, what angle to start working this investigation.
2: Coming up, will a heart-rending confession finally crack the case?
8: I should have called him the first time. Now I was to kill me. <sighs>
2: Or is there more to this case than anyone could have imagined?
1: The real break in the case came when we got a copy of that audio. Listen, his version, you hear a much different story.
2: On June 20th, 2017, investigators with the Wayne County Sheriff's Office receive an audio recording from Knowledge Kouser's grandmother, Patricia, that might finally solve the murder of 52-year-old Julie Martin. Grandma brings in the recording. We get consent to
5: download that recording, and it's a conversation between Knowledge, Jasmine, and his grandmother.
2: It was something Patricia overheard prior to Julie's murder that prompted her to take action.
4: Earlier, the grandmother heard Knowledge and Jasmine talking in her basement about what they were planning on doing. Maybe she didn't think they were serious.
2: After hearing news of Jasmine's mother's murder, Patricia realized just how serious the situation had become. She decided to initiate a conversation with Knowledge and Jasmine and secretly record it. In the recording, detectives can hear the young couple arguing about Julie's $350,000 insurance policy and Patricia is acting as a mediator.
6: She keeps reiterating to them that knowledge and Jasmine need to get along, they need to stick together, or everyone's going to go down uh, for the murder. And so she's kind of eliciting by phrasing it that way and eliciting more information about the money and what they're going to do with it.
1: It became quite apparent through that conversation that they had had something to do with the death of Julie Martin. And there was actually talk about the
9: money uh, that was coming from the insurance claim and how that was going to be split. Basically, Knowledge wanting Jasmine to just take the fall for everybody so he can collect the money.
2: It's clear to detectives that Knowledge is trying to manipulate the situation. But is Jasmine a willing participant in this crime? The recording also provides another clue
6: knowledge Kauser's grandmother flushes out the fact that it was two brothers who had helped out with
2: committing the murder detectives now must figure out who are these brothers and how are they connected to knowledge and jasmine
9: it's very important we have a moment to speak to jasmine alone without knowledge's presence because we could tell his presence definitely changed how she was towards us
2: Getting Jasmine alone is no easy task, but on June 22, 2017, investigators finally get the break they have been waiting for, when Jasmine's grandmother, Ruby Crawford, calls detectives.
5: Knowledge Cowser and Jasmine got into a domestic incident. Grandma went and picked her up uh, from the city of Rochester.
8: I said, "Jaz, what's going on? She said, Knowledge told me, once you go to sleep, you won't wake back up. I'm gonna cut your throat.
5: Grandma then called us and said, hey, she says she's ready to talk.
2: At the station, Jasmine says that everything started shortly before the murder, when her mother sat her down and explained her life insurance policies.
4: Julie had laid everything out and told her that she was her sole beneficiary, someday this was all going to be hers.
6: Knowledge learned that she had become the beneficiary for this money, and he wanted the money.
2: Jasmine says that Knowledge called up his half-brother, 18-year-old Devante Devine, and his friend, 19-year-old Malquam Drayton, and met them in his grandmother's basement to make a plan.
1: There was an original offer of $2,500, which they declined. And then there became a second offer of $15,000 a piece, which they accepted. What was the agreed upon method?
7: The strangling her.
10: Her version is that knowledge devised this plan and that she was just an unwitting accomplice to this.
8: They were sitting there talking about how it was going to happen. Honestly, I should have, have caught my own right there. I should have stopped it right then and there.
2: But Jasmine says she was too terrified of knowledge to do anything but go along. She was saying that the boys
3: told her if she didn't cooperate that she would be next.
8: I never wanted her it. Ever since
7: I got with knowledge,
8: he's been programming that in my head.
2: Jasmine says that on February 1st, 2017, knowledge picked up malquam and Devante and drove them to julie's house
1: jasmine and knowledge then left in order to create their alibi to go to the city to sell a cell phone davante and malquam were to hide in the closet and wait for julie martin to get home from work and then they were to
9: commit the murder at that point once the commission of the crime was done they were supposed to be calling knowledge and come pick us up at this church and then knowledge and jasmine were to return home just like they did and call 911
2: Jasmine says that since the murder, knowledge has kept her completely under his control.
8: He ripped up my registration and my driver's license so I couldn't drive anywhere. He slashed my tire so I couldn't drive anywhere. He made it plain and clear to her that if she tell anybody about
2: what they did, that they were going to kill her too just as jasmine is finishing up her interview someone else comes in and wants to tell his side of the story
9: now it's cowser decided he was going to come in because i think he realized now that you know the the gig was up with knowledge jasmine had tried to make us believe that 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 he was he was the one who was really pushing this but listen, his version you hear a much different story he said jasmine hadn't been trying to come up with some sort of plan to have her mother killed Possibly as far back as two years prior.
6: His version was that Jasmine hated her mother, that they would fight constantly, that during the course of these fights, she would call her all types of names, would wish that she was dead. She decided the one thing she knew she could do to get away from her mother was get money and be able to support herself in the easiest way. She saw that happening was through getting the life insurance policy.
1: When the idea of getting rid of Julie Martin came up, Knowledge said he knew a couple of people that could do that.
2: Knowledge says that he arranged a meeting between Jasmine, Devante, and Malquam. He claims it was on February 1st, 2017, that Jasmine finally made the decision to have her mother murdered.
10: Jasmine became angry or was angry
9: with her mom. They had gotten into some sort of an argument. Jasmine and knowledge were not working anywhere. They basically were just mooching off of Julie, and she had been sick and tired of it. We were told that she was about to kick them out because she wasn't going to let them freeload any further.
6: It was that final fight that she wasn't going to let it stand anymore, and she called knowledge and said, today's the day.
10: Basically, he was just carrying out what her wishes were just moving forward with what Jasmine
1: really wanted.
2: So who is telling the truth, Jasmine or knowledge? Investigators know that they need to talk to two more people, the alleged killers themselves, Devante and Malquam. We immediately put the ball in motion. We were going to
9: arrest everybody that day.
2: Coming up. An insider offers the grisly details of the crime.
0: She's the like this.
2: Will Julie's family get justice? The closure may come
7: somewhere along the line, but I don't see no closure in it.
2: On June 22, 2017, investigators from the Wayne County Sheriff's Office pull up at a McDonald's where murder suspects, 18-year-old Devante Devine and 19-year-old Malquam Drayton, work. We get to McDonald's and the only one working is Malquam.
5: We get him in the car. Malquam, right from the get-go, was very cooperative and told us his involvement in it.
2: According to Malquam, Jasmine and Knowledge both willingly participated in the murder conspiracy. He says they hid him and Devante in a bedroom closet on February 1st, 2017. Malquam describes what happened after Julie Martin returned home. Julie
6: Martin makes herself something to eat, goes into her room, sitting in her chair, which places her back to the doorway of her bedroom. She's watching TV when Melquan and Devante go into the room. What does she say?
8: She said, um, my husband coming home
3: for so. OK. I can't imagine the fear Julie felt when she f- realized what was going on, knowing she feared Jasmine and knowledge were going to do something to her. And then finding herself in that moment had it broke her heart.
2: Malquam says that Devante tackled Julie to the ground.
8: She fell and hit the TV stand, the little desk, and it fell over, and she was on the floor. I
5: think mean, okay. he had to the and like that. And held it over her yeah.
9: face? Malquam Drayton, not only did he talk to us, but he acted out some of the occurrences on the floor in the interview room, and which was a little frightening at some points.
8: What's her hands Just doing? She's hand like this. yeah
2: Finally, Malquam says that Julie stopped struggling.
5: She was
7: that. I get it, yeah.
10: We think that maybe he may be diminished his role a little bit. But again, uh, based on all the statements combined, we felt that, that his were more credible as to actually what happened.
9: I'm arresting all of you guys for murder in the first degree, for conspiring to have this planning to do this together.
2: Hours later, Devante turns himself in to investigators Devante doesn't want to cooperate with police, so he quickly joins Jasmine, Knowledge, and Malquam in the county jail. All four face the possibility of life in prison without parole. I found out
3: it was either the radio or the newspaper about the arrests. I never would have suspected Jasmine to have a hand in her mother's murder.
7: It just don't make sense why she would do something like that, you know? Her and Julie, you know, got along most of the time, you know.
2: Prosecutors set Jasmine's trial for July 2018, but just before jury selection begins, Jasmine reaches out to prosecutors and offers to plead guilty in exchange for a deal. On Friday, June 22nd, in front of a judge and family members, jasmine confesses her role in the murder of her mother in exchange for 20 years to life
6: during any plea there's a requirement that there's a factual colloquy so a basis for the judge to know that he is accepting a true and honest plea of guilt from an individual
9: jasmine had much much more to do with the planning of it than initially um let out i would personally place her as the mastermind of the whole thing
6: Without Jasmine wanting the money and wanting her mother gone, Knowledge wouldn't have just randomly selected Julie Martin. Her ultimate goal was to get to the insurance
2: money. Weeks later, Knowledge, Malquam, and Devante all accept plea deals as well.
9: Jasmine Harley, Knowledge and Devante Devine all received 20 to life, no opportunity of appeals and Malcolm Drayton, for his cooperation, uh, I believe he pled guilty to robbery. You know, he was just more of a active participant versus any part of the brains.
7: We just couldn't go through poor trials, you know? It would have been too much. I
10: don't know that I'm ever happy with any sentencing because we are never able to make victims whole or their families whole.
2: While Jasmine and two of her co-conspirators contemplate a lifetime behind bars, Julie's family and friends will spend the rest of their lives wondering what drove a daughter to do the unthinkable.
3: The boys at their sentencing, all of them, broke down and apologized to the family and showed remorse. But Jasmine never shed not one tear.
10: I just can't wrap my head around how someone gives you life and then you turn around and betray that person that gave you life for money and greed.
7: And then when they're supposed to come up for that hopefully our relatives and them will sit there and say, no, don't do it, let them go. I didn't think she got enough. Sorry, I don't. The closure may come somewhere along
3: the line, but I don't see no closure in it. I'm just glad that the police were able to figure out what happened, and hopefully Julie's at peace in some way, knowing they didn't get away with it.
0: Jasmine Harley, Knowledge Kowser, and Devante Devine will all be eligible for parole in 2037. Malcolm Drayton will be released in 2029.
2: For more information on Snapped, go to Oxygen.com.
5: He said, go ahead and scream. I'll cut your vocal cords.
1: Oxygen, the home of true crime, has a brand new special.
5: He isolates her. She can't see anything. She can't hear anything. He started keeping me in that box 22, 23 hours a day. I don't know how to explain what total darkness does to a human soul.
1: Don't miss this incredible survivor story from Oxygen. Snapped, Notorious, The Girl in the Box, a two-hour special, Saturday, July 17th on Oxygen.
2: This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels,